I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm terrific. There you go. And, you know, I, I actually, I closed the shade in my office <gasps> to, to record this. I opened mine so that I could <laughs> stare out at the beautiful, lush green grass and the sunshine. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is gorgeous. But for whatever reason, the, the sun, I don't know. It was kind of bothering me this afternoon, so I'm just going to close my shade while I do the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I know that outside it is a ama- it's amazing. Mm-hmm. My walk this morning was so, and yes, folks, I took a walk again mm-hmm. because I was encouraged by my friend Marissa to get back on the wagon, so to speak. Well, not the wagon, get back in my <laughs> back shoes. Back on the street. Right? <laughs> back on the street. But it was it was just so amazing to see the trees. They they've like in a week's time. It's it's incredible. It's so beautiful. And I, it's like my favorite transition of seasons is just seeing the buds and how quickly they yes. grow and blossom. Yes. And it's just like one night you go to bed and there's nothing. And then you wake up and it's like spring has sprung. And it's, it has sprung. It is inspirational. And I think it's happening early this year, or at least it seems early to yeah, me. I agree. I agree. I, I have actually cut my grass twice Wow! in my front yard, and I don't think I have ever cut it once mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in the 30 years I've lived here. So, interesting. But we're not here to talk about horticulture or the change. <laughs> well, we always do talk about the change of seasons. We do. But, but I, I discovered a different, a different perspective, a different view of the law of the lid. Mm-hmm. And... And the reason why, so I need to tell the folks, I have to have a full transparency here. I never got you my post and my podcast notes until today. And the reason was this hit me yesterday because I was trying to, my goal was to get everything written yesterday. So you at least would have a day to, to think about it. But I was just struggling, struggling, struggling. And, you know, I was taking a walk and trying to figure out, okay, what, what is it? And nothing came. And I was listening to some podcasts and nothing came. And I was in the middle of leading a mastermind for one of our, our member companies. And I, I, I have these masterminds with them just about every two weeks. And we were talking about the law of the mirror from Maxwell's 15 laws of growth. And it hit me that the same thing. So the, let me just for our listeners, the law of the lid says if on a scale of one to 10, your leadership is a six, your organization can't grow beyond your level of leadership. And, and I've shared on the podcast how I literally lived that mm-hmm. uh, back in 2011. Um, and it was really what catapulted my, my, my mindset from just running plants to growing leadership skills. But what hit me yesterday was the same thing applies to our self-image. Mm-hmm. And it it was so profound, and and really that what what really hit me was this statement that was made, um, where where John Maxwell said when he was younger he really needed to be liked, and he needed to be liked because his self image wasn't hot wasn't strong enough to be disliked. Now those are my words, not his. And it really, that just, that hit me. And I thought, you know, that's true because I have the same things where I want to be liked. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and, so, and sometimes I'm very 
it's very hard for me to speak up and say something that might cause people to dislike me because I want to be liked. When what's, what's wrong is I don't have enough self-image or enough self-esteem to say what I needed to say. Now, I'll get there, but it's a, it's a challenge, and it usually waits way too long for me to speak up on something. Mm-hmm. So my, one of the questions I had for myself here on the paper was, you know, do you have an exaggerated need to be liked? Hmm. That might be something that people can think about if they try to understand, you know, do I have a self-image problem? So one of the some points here that I put in, in the notes, you need to see value in yourself to add value to yourself. So if we think about it, if I don't think I'm capable of learning, why would I ever invest in learning? That's a waste of money. If I don't have enough confidence to try something, I'll never try it. And then there was this great line, this, this great statement that was in the, in the training we did. It's impossible to consistently behave in a way that is inconsistent with how you view yourself. Like, wow. I mean, maybe I'm just the only one realizing this that hard right now. But for my coaching clients, and I had, I had a coaching session this morning, and when I, was, when I was looking at the intake documents that this individual sent me, they struggle with self-esteem. So now I have to help this person understand you are a person of value, you're worth investing in, and you need to invest because your potential is almost unlimited. So when you first saw this, what were your thoughts? And I realized, you know, for our <laughs> listeners, just remember, she got it today and she was busy running all day long. You know, I, I think that it makes a lot of sense. And, and I think the reason why, you know, you said it's kind of just hitting you now is that it takes a lot of self-reflection to realize this. And I, I also think that some of this could be situational. So Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I I think of confidence when I think about self-esteem and I think about how that can be different in different places. So Sure. At work, you might look at yourself differently than you do in a volunteer position or mm-hmm. um, in your community or at home. And I, I think it's, it's at least this might be one of the ones where it's almost easier to do the self-reflection and then difficult to find the path forward because it really ah, okay. does sure. require a lot of uh a lot of self-work to to build this up and it reminded me and I shared this with you before we started of kind of a, a buzzword right now is um imposter syndrome and it really reminded me of that and for those uh, who are listening that aren't familiar with the idea of imposter syndrome um it is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It it disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. And many question whether they're deserving of accolades. And that is the definition from um, hbr.org. And Mm -hmm. that's the the Harvard Business Review. So I, I think that that kind of goes hand in hand in what we're talking about. And again, can kind of be situational um and if that can really get in the way of things it can get in the way of of 
ourselves, obviously. And then that just trickles down to our teams. And if we think about um, not just the lid that that puts on things, but also what that does for for the future and for your psyche, it's really um, upsetting, I guess, to think about. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and I think I think, too, so for full, full in terms of full transparency, when before when we were talking about that, we talked about the fact that I had one of those moments where I just was I was unsure of delivering a, a, a presentation, a webinar, mm-hmm. you know, and you were encouraging me that like, wait, no, you can do this. And the reason I was feeling that way was the night before I had a class that I did that I didn't think went well. Mm-hmm. And so that negative self-talk, those self-limiting beliefs started to take over. And I really appreciated, you know, the encouragement that, you know, because we were texting each other before the webinar went live because you were facilitating it. So this is, this is a real situation that, that, that people need to take seriously. And, and I do want to say this, you know, people, I was raised... And, and my parents listen to the podcast, so I don't think they're going to get upset by this. But I was raised, don't think more of yourself than you should be thinking. Like, and, and I really think that when I was younger, my parents were concerned because I probably thought way too highly of myself, you know, growing up. Um, my parents probably that, felt that way about me, too. <laughs> yeah. But, but the reality was that that wasn't, that wasn't mm-hmm. the same thing as, as self-esteem. That no. was arrogance. Not, I'm not talking about you, but with me. No, it was no, arrogance. for sure you know it's different and, and it's different cuz you wisen up as you age you wisen up and then you you kind of start to realize that fine line between confidence and arrogance and right and i think our behavior profiles our disc profiles we both have a tendency to to maybe feel like that imposter syndrome feeling yes you're right and yeah. wanting to be liked and and all that right right and so I want people to realize that when I talk about a high self-esteem, I'm not talking about being proud. And, and so I'm one of the, and I love this definition. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking more of others. And I've said that multiple times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, so long as we are always focused on adding value to other people and making a difference in the lives of people, we're not going to have a problem where we're getting proud. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the reasons this is so critical for us is that if we do not project to our teams or to our to our community to anyone a level of 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 healthy self-esteem and self-image nobody is going to want to listen to us nobody's going to want to be around us and the other problem is that we don't see other people as they are we see them as we are we see through the filter of our own self-esteem mhm yeah, for Which sure. Which now means I am projecting onto somebody else. Yeah. The thoughts I have about myself. Yes. And that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. If I'm not trusting somebody, I need to ask myself, why is that? If I'm not thinking somebody's going to work hard if they're working virtually, why is that? Is that a reflection on me or is it something that I've experienced about them? to give me that concern, mm-hmm. which is two separate things. Um, so the other part, so part of that danger is not only will I not, so if I don't believe that I can achieve something, 
I also don't believe you can, then I'm not going to invest in your training and your development. And you see how this kind of holds the whole organization back. It literally stifles the growth of the organization. And, and so, so let's kind of move to, um, well, I, there's one other point here that I wanted to make sure of. People will never outperform their self-image. Mm-hmm. Even so now as a leader, so maybe I've got my self-image where it needs to be. It's correct. It's healthy. I've got enough people in my life to, you know, politely slap me upside the head when I'm getting too big <laughs> for my britches. You know, and, and really, we need that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it isn't imposter syndrome. Sometimes we're just, <laughs> we're, we're just yeah, we're out there and we need somebody to wake us up. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now as a leader, I need to look at my team and ask myself, am I building them up correctly? And one of the ways that we build up our teams is to have high expectations for them and say to them, I know you can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there, there's this great uh, line that happened. When we were doing our Maxwell certification events live, it I heard it every single time. And I don't know how many of them I had, I had attended at the time, but it goes where, where um, Roddy Galbraith, who's our speaking coach, um, says, you know, I, I was told by Paul Martinelli that I needed to get my materials together, so I gave him my presentation and I sent it to him. And he sent back, you can do better than this. And, and this goes on like a few times. And then finally, when he says, now, is this the absolute best you can do? Are you sure of it? And Roddy says, yes. Then Paul says, okay, now I'll read it. <laughs> you know, and so the point was, yeah. he just kept checking out. Did it really happen? No, it's probably just Roddy's way of opening his, his, his speech, speaking training. But are we, do we do that in a polite way with folk, with our teams? Or say, listen, are you sure it's your best? Because I believe you can do better. And if we think you can, if somebody believe, if you believe somebody can do better, you can say, you can do better. Let's talk about it. How could you make it better? Because I know you have it in you. Mm-hmm. That's, built, that's a healthy way of building up someone's self-esteem. Now, I, I think because I'm looking at the clock here and, and we're not going to go long today. Um, how do we build up a healthy self-image? Because if we're talking about the fact that it's needed, we better give some tools. Guard your self-talk. People, listen, folks, we all are talking to ourselves. And, and when I was doing this training yesterday, I said, you know, I used to think that if you talk to yourself, you were crazy. And then one, of the, one of the participants said, no, if you answer yourself, it proves you're crazy. <laughs> talking to yourself is fine. Just don't come up with the answers. Um, but this was an interesting, and I've used this in, in one of my writings early on in my career at MACNE. By the time you're 17, you have heard, no, you can't. 150,000 times. Wow. Compared to, yes, you can, only 5,000 times. Think about that. We have been told by the time we're 17 years old, no, you can't do it 150,000 times, and only, yes, you can, 5,000. So we got to tell ourselves, yes, you can. Thomas Edison, when he was having all his failures, and I've said this on the podcast, he, uh, with the incandescent light bulb, he said, I didn't fail. I knew once I exhausted all the ways how not to make it, I would discover the one that worked. There is a solution. We just haven't found it yet. Yes, you can. So we just have to keep telling ourselves, sure you can. Absolutely you can. Stop comparing yourself to other people. That's a huge one. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to, I had to come to the point with saying, you know what? I'm not John Maxwell. And John Maxwell wouldn't want me to be John Maxwell, even though I'm trying to, you know, take his teachings and make them real. You know, I'm not a speaker like Roddy Galbraith might be. I don't need to be. I need to be the best version of me. And there is, and, and even at that, I'm only scratching the surface of what the potential really is. So stop comparing ourselves to other people. You know, why, why do you suppose, from, from a woman's perspective, why do we compare ourselves to other people so much? Hmm. The why, I, oh, I think this might not be the why, but it's tied, I think it's heavily tied to the amount of media we process daily, because mm. that it's kind of hard not to when you're constantly checking social media or TV sure. or um, there's things that are just placed in front of you, content of any variety placed in front of yep. you constantly. Um, and I think it, it, I don't know, our brains just like hijack our thoughts Mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's some kind of science behind this, but unless you are actively fighting against that, I, I think it's almost like innate. You're right. And I think you're right. And I, and I, you know, I just wanted to get, you know, um, a woman's perspective, a younger woman's perspective than just, you know, an old grandpa's perspective. <laughs> um, but I think you're right. I think we just have this, the media creates an image that tells us this is what success looks like. Mm-hmm. This is what success looks like in your, in your, in your physical appearance, in the vehicles you drive, in where, in where you live, in, in what you cook, in how your house needs to look. And so this, we see this and we say, okay, that's success. And you, and you put it where we're just, it's this saturation of media. So what we really need to do is we need to limit the media content that we're taking in. And, we need, and we're all going to want media content. I mean, you know, listen, we're not, I don't know anyone that's a monk that sits in a monastery on a mountain somewhere you know, and praise. I, I just, I'm sure there are some, but I don't know any. So I want to know what's going on, but I need to pick the sources of media that will build up my self-esteem, that will feed the things that I'm trying to grow in, in my life. And, and, you know, I, if I, if I think about some of the, um, some of the leadership gurus that I follow, none of them are telling me anything about what they've done. They're all telling me what I can do mm-hmm. if I put effort in. I think so it's isn't also, that an interesting flip? It's also about being aware enough um, yes. to say, to, to recognize how you feel when you interact with a certain type of content. Yes. Uh, yes. If you, and this works for people, if you are interacting, if you have a friend who doesn't, who, when you, you know, finish the phone call with them, you don't like how you feel like that tells you something. Or if you, um, you know, don't like how a certain Instagrammer makes you feel or someone on social media, if it has you doubting yourself or feeling like Mm -hmm. you aren't good enough or that that's, you need to stack up to that person. I think then having that awareness to say, um, 
I, I need to disengage exactly. w- with this piece of media or with this person, with this yeah. content, um, yep. because it's not healthy. You're absolutely right. I experienced it today. So, you know, at lunch, I had a little bit, I, I was able to take a lunch today, which was, which was great. Sometimes when I, when I open up my calendar for calls, they, I, I'm stupid and I don't block out mm-hmm. the, the noon hour. I, I need to change that. Um, but today I had, I had a nice break for some time, like an hour in between uh, calls and, and meetings. And so I, I made my lunch and I sat down and I started watching the news. And I sensed my blood pressure starting to go up mm-hmm. and I started getting anxious. And I just, because I was using my iPad, I swiped off and I clicked on a fishing tournament in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. And I watched people fishing. Yeah. And, you know, I just calmed right back down. Yep. So that's what we're talking about here is limit what you're taking in if it isn't building up healthy self-esteem. Um. Move beyond your limiting your self-limiting beliefs. Do something new frequently. I would say every day, but we can't always do something. But do, step, step out of your comfort zone regularly, and it will become easier. Mm-hmm. And, and doing something new might be a hobby that you never tried before. You know, um, gardening, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons why I love to... I love fishing because I love the quietness and I love to, and because I don't catch a lot of fish, it's really quiet. Um, (laughs) But I love learning new skills. And while Mm -hmm. I was watching this thing today, I was thinking there's this, there's um, a way that they, that you cast a lure up toward the shore and it's, it's called um, flipping or pitching, you know, a lure up into, to like weeds and and under trees and things. I'm not good at that. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? One of these days when I get some time, I'm just going to go out in my backyard and do it and practice because mm-hmm. these guys were doing it really well. Now, I'm not good at it, but I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and I'm going to practice it. Even things like that will help you move out beyond your self-limiting beliefs. Uh, do the right thing even when it's the hard thing. What happens is when you do that, when you do things that build up character within yourself, your self-esteem, that healthy self-esteem rises. Have those conversations you need to have. Stand up for things that are right. You know, um, speak up in, in, in staff meetings when, when something needs to be said. In polite ways, but just it's the right thing. Do it. Um, I, this morning I was on my walk. I was listening to a podcast. And this leader was talking about um, how much money their organization was going to lose going into 2020 because of the pandemic. And he said, when there are times like that, you have to go back to your values. And he said, yes, balance sheets are important, but values are more important. And this organization, I know for a fact, gave away, you know, boatloads of services without even charging for it Mm -hmm. because they knew other people were in the same boat. So, that really resonated with me, that doing the right thing, even when it's the hard thing. Get a win every day. Find wins. And mm-hmm. sometimes we got to look for them. You know, what was last, last night, I'm, or Monday night, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. That class, in my opinion, went so bad, the only win that I could find in the class was it was over. <laughs> it was just, yeah. it was painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
But like I said, one of the you know one of the people that was attending the class commented that it was great. So maybe mm-hmm. I was just clueless. No, I think it was really bad. I trust me, it was bad. <laughs> Had to learn from it. Be prepared. So this one I I want to touch on because I had I don't know if I said it to you. Did I I I said to someone how much more prepared I was for Tuesday's session. More than I spent hours and hours preparing for that. Mm-hmm. More than normal because of how bad Mondays went. But it made me feel better. Mm-hmm. You're prepared. Keep going. Add value to others. When you have a positive impact in somebody's life, your self-esteem will go up. Guaranteed. And that could be taking flowers home to someone special in your life. You know, taking a meal to somebody. Um, sending flowers to a relative, to a friend, whatever it might be. Maybe they're not into flowers, whatever, you know, whatever somebody, if you know what somebody enjoys, do something special for them. And I guarantee your self-esteem will go up. Um, embrace a positive vision for your life based on what you value. And that's a key part there. Because, you know, Marissa, when you were talking about the media, the media tries to give us values. No, use your own values. Mm-hmm. Identify what are your core values. You know, I've loved, and, you know, you and I, we've known each other for a little over five years. Um, and I've loved watching you and your husband develop the values for your family. And, how, and then I've loved watching you live out those values in things like, your seasonal bucket lists, mm-hmm. you know, and I've watched you go from full-time in an office to part-time. Well, it's supposed to be part-time. <laughs> we all know it's not at home working so that you could be, you could keep, keep your life in line with your values. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here. You know, don't, don't take somebody else's values, figure out your own, like you and your husband did, and then live them out. And it's going to build up yourself. So, folks, please, this is a big deal. You will never rise above your level of self-image or self-esteem. And if it's low, and you'll know it's low, use these tools to get, to get stronger at it. Pick up the book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, and work on Chapter 3, The Law of the Mirror. Because that's where I got most of my Did I miss anything? No, I, I think... We covered a lot. And, you know, one of the things I, I thought about when you were talking about adding value to others and specifically applying this to an organization with teams or, you know, team members, um, I think one of the best ways to kind of uh, work to build your own self-image, but also to build to help support the self-image of others is to, you know, go into that project meeting or whatever the team setting is. And to, to assert what you know, for sure, right? Say, I know I can handle this part of the project. And I really think so-and-so would be great doing this part of the project. You know, how do you feel about that? Kind of opening up that conversation instead of showing up like you know everything and that you have all the answers because you know you don't. And I think the best way to support everyone's self, self-image is to use the talents of everyone on your team. Yes. 
but also in, in, your talents, right? I mean, you want right, everyone right. to to shine. Sure. You know, and, and remember what Liz Wiseman said in Multipliers, be a genius maker. Mm-hmm. Help find the native genius in others. And when you do, your self-esteem is up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great point. Thank you so much. So, any plans for the weekend? Well, it's funny that you mentioned uh, having a new hobby and potentially being gardening because I'm not sure if I told you that that's my new hobby or if you just read my mind, but I, I'm attempting to um, learn something new. Good gar- for you. And I plan to um, spend some time this weekend doing some reading and some learning um, and some researching for that. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? Awesome. Um, I really don't have any plans right now. So I'm sure that I, I'm sure my, my weekend will fill up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still, I'm still working on the aquarium stand. I, I mm. it's stained. I just need to finish the staining and get the varnish in because the new aquarium is going to come hopefully sometime next week. So I better get it ready. And then I probably need to work more on the lawn and get the boat ready because summer's right around the corner. That's exciting. It is. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was the next week.